Do you have a tricky work problem that you need to solve? I have a great podcast recommendation for you featuring a pair of expert women. Whether you're just starting your career or a seasoned professional, check out Fixable, a podcast from TED. Hosted by Harvard professor Frances Fry and her wife, leadership coach Ann Morris, the brilliant duo provide honest, actionable advice to help you navigate everything from a gaslighting manager to returning to work after parental leave. They'll leave you feeling empowered and ready to act. Listen to Fixable wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Boss Up Podcast, episode 226. Today, I'm talking with Addie Swartz, who is the CEO of Reach Hire and really a very accomplished serial entrepreneur who's worked in a variety of roles and started a variety of businesses that help close gender disparities for women and girls. She's got some really interesting tech approaches to some of the biggest societal problems we face. And today I'm talking with her about how to solve for the broken rung in leadership, really how to support millennial and Gen Z women at the very start of their careers in making the advancements that they want to make and really getting promoted in a world that doesn't always promote us. So if you are looking to advance your career, this is the conversation for you. Addie and I will talk about a variety of different solutions and challenges that women looking to get promoted face. And she's going to share with us some details on Reach Hire's new online platform called Aurora, which is a digital platform designed to help companies meaningfully engage and retain women early on in their career. So let's jump right into my conversation with Addie. Addie, welcome to the Boss Up Podcast. Thanks so much, Emily, for having me. So tell us a little bit about what Reach Hire really does and how you found yourself in the CEO role there. Ah, well, I'm a serial entrepreneur, and this is my third company. I have spent a number of decades focused on empowering women and girls through companies. And so Reach Hire, which I started almost a decade ago, is all about how we can help companies do a better job of creating opportunities for women at all ages and stages, and not only focusing on replenishing talent in the pipeline, but also encouraging and growing the talent that's uh, to provide more opportunities for these great, talented women that are sitting right in front of you that need an opportunity and a roadmap to grow. I love that. So obviously we are sisters in the same quest here. Exactly. <laughs> and I think a, lo a lot of our listeners identify as ambitious women. There's a lot of untapped potential. And I want to talk to you about this McKinsey and Company finding from the 2019 collaboration with Lean In in their annual Women in the Workplace study. They identified something known as the broken rung of leadership. Tell us about the broken rung. What is that all about? Yeah, so amazing to find that for every 72 women that get promoted from individual contributor to manager, there are 100 men. And with more women graduating with college degrees and advanced degrees now than men, and women entering at the same 
amount into corporations. Why is it that we're so off in our representation, even going from first job, first role into manager status? And so, you know, they identified it as a broken rung and said that if we could even just make it so that women and men got promoted at equal levels, within five years, we'd have a million more women in positions of leadership. So that's a million women that are being left behind today just because men are are out promoting women. And so that's the broken rung. And that's something that we need to fix. And so we have spent some time over the last few years thinking more and more about this and understanding how can we do a better job? And so one of the new things I'm excited to talk to you about is a new digital platform we've created called Aurora, which is aimed at helping guide millennial women and Gen Z women as they're beginning their careers to grow and thrive in their corporations. And so that is something that I feel like is a real need. And we have learned so much in almost a decade of work focused on women putting them back into the workplace, which is what our return to work business has been all about and where we really started Rechire. But learning how, what does it take for women who are really talented, who have taken time off to get back in to a corporation and to also thrive and rise. And funny enough, after you do this for seven, eight years, you realize that it's not too different than the women that are just starting their careers and how they need to better navigate. So it's based on that, that we created Aurora. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. Another corporate partner of mine that I just teamed up on for some Women's History Month training and development work back in March before coronavirus meant everything ceased. (laughs) He described this this broken rung problem as the sticky floor, (laughs) whereby all of these talented women are entering the workforce. We know they've been out earning men in terms of undergraduate and and graduate degrees for 30 plus years, talented, ambitious, ready to go. And then we get into a position, maybe an entry-level position, and see that men are getting promoted at much higher rates than women. And the rates are even worse for women of color, right? Right, absolutely. I think it's for every 100 men promoted to management, only 58 Black women are and only 68 Latino women are. Yeah. And so... You know, from an HR perspective, from a talent management perspective, there's so much potential being lost. One of my questions has to do with this concept of men getting promoted based on potential, whereas women tend to get promoted based on proven past performance. Do you see that coming up in in how you're supporting women and really making their case for management positions? Well, I think that women's needs are very different. And studies have proven it. In fact, there's a lot of research that shows that women are two and a half times more likely to become high performers if they have a supportive group of women at work. That means that, you know, women need those connections. They need those friendships. They need those supports that men don't need. And if the organization doesn't foster that community, uh, that is not going to help women thrive. And so that's yeah. a key that's a key piece of our learning that has infused the development of this digital platform Aurora which is all about community building and connection and helping women thrive together. So it's not yeah. just about you 
um, launching and building your own career and charting your own path, but it's how together can we get there as a team? I love that. And so that's really a different thought than what is being provided those women today. Yeah. It's interesting. It sounds a lot like Ann Friedman's shine theory, that idea that when you shine, I shine. When I'm surrounded by an encouraging, courageous community of women, you know, here at Boss Up, we call our, our community at the, the courage community. We all become more likely to rise. And I think that's, that's such an interesting like piece of research there. I wonder why you think women need that kind of squad and men don't. <laughs> Do you have any thoughts on why that might be the case? Yeah. So we conducted research this January and it showed that 68% of early career women don't feel that they're supported enough at work. Yeah. And because women network differently from men and they're not getting that support, I feel like it's, you know, all, all that the environment that they're in is relying on is proving that they can do the job when we know that it's not just about proving you can do the job. It's raising your hand and believing and having the confidence in to say that you can do the job. There was another study that Bain did a few years ago that talked about and showed that women's confidence level drops precipitously almost by half from when they join a company in their first job to like two or three (laughs) years later. And that while men's confidence stays about the same level as it did when they started, women's drops. I wonder why that is. I feel like it's, they're not getting the support they need. They're not getting the the feedback that they need, which may be more than what men need. And so they're internalizing that to be, they're not doing a good enough job or, you know, over evaluating. So more work needs to be done, but it's interesting. It is. I sometimes bristle at the conclusion that, you know, women just don't have confidence, which I'm not, that's not what you're saying. It's much more nuanced than that. But I sometimes think, you know, women's confidence takes a hit because we aren't getting promoted. (laughs) It's this vicious cycle, right? We, we've been working really hard we, we might raise our hand and then we get shot down. And, you know, when we look at the systematic injustice there, you know, I did a course with LinkedIn Learning on men being allies to gender equality, right? Men being allies for women in the workplace. And it reminds me that, you know, these become self-fulfilling prophecies. If, if it takes confidence to get promoted and we're not getting promoted and then it impacts our confidence, it can leave women feeling stuck in this catch-22. It's hard to disassociate or, or distill the macro from the micro. And, you know, as a fact-driven feminist, I get kind of sucked into that spiral of doom <laughs> every now and then. I think um, you're dead on on that. And I believe that, you know, it takes a variety of things and yeah. supports in order, and I don't believe it's one answer, but the way we developed Aurora was that there were these multiple support layers that enable different types of people to get what they need in order to have more women move ahead. And I feel like that at the end of the day is what companies need to do. They need to invest earlier in women yes. right out of the gate and provide them the tools, the curriculum, the the, the networks, the community, uh, and the connection and positivity, really, 
that they need to grow. And what better way than to deliver it in a digital fashion, which by the way, we started designing three years ago to be all virtual well before the world became unfortunately, necessarily virtual. virtual. So, you know, meeting people where they are, being able to talk confidentially. We also, with Aurora, have a guide who guides you through a journey with your team. So that guide is a professional woman, past executive that wants to pay it forward to the next generation. So there's a human connection tied to the platform, tied to your community of peers that you're going on the journey with tied to curriculum. So I call it surround sound. It's it's a way to really address some of the supports that aren't being provided so that we can get more women up and it doesn't have to be just women have to prove themselves and men can right. just raise their hands. So tell me how this works with companies. Is it like a social media platform, like an internal community? And is it just for folks who identify as women at that company? So right now it is identified specifically and created specifically for women anywhere from zero to eight years into their careers. Mm -hmm. And companies offer it to typically opt in. Do you want to invest? Do you want to do this tool? Do you want to invest? Raise your hand. So it's not something that you have to do. Right. Either a company will offer it to a specific group of individuals that they feel need better support or that they feel that they need better representation in. So as you can imagine, women in engineering roles typically are looked at, but really cross-functionally in organizations, it's anyone. And so, and it's typically a six month journey. So you go in with your team, you're assigned, and it's a set special outside platform from the corporation. And your guide is not someone in your organization either. So really it's a confidential environment to learn, grow, develop, and respond to your peers and get positivity and support others. That sounds lovely. And- I love the approach of of taking this virtual and creating safe spaces online. Obviously, I'm a big believer in that. And everything we do here is pretty virtual. Um, I do miss right now in quarantine life, I miss the power of in-person training programs and public speaking, which is a huge part of what I typically do. But I do wonder sometimes, I wonder if you ever struggle with this, you know, tech-based solutions for people-based problems. Like what is, what is your take about, about how any tool, any online technology can solve what sometimes is just straight up gender bias, right? Unconscious bias that impacts hiring decisions from promotion decisions to assignment decisions. And how do we balance that approach of human-centered but tech-delivered solutions? So first of all, what an amazing question. I feel so honored to be in this conversation with you today. So <laughs> thank you so much, Emily. You're raising things that are so critical. Number one, yes, bias exists. Opportunities present themselves and they don't get offered to the women that are there. Visibility isn't there. And obviously in this in this new world we're living in, which we're going to talk about soon, we have to think about that, right? How do we become more visible in an environment where no one's visible except for on camera? Um, but so those <laughs> things, those things still exist. The bias still right. exists. 
Aurora is not designed to fix the problems in the company. What Aurora is designed for, and this is exactly where your insight comes perfectly into, Aurora is all about leaning on a professional woman who has navigated the difficulties in environments with the bias and the what do companies want? They want amazing talent. Sometimes an individual goes into an organization and they're not in the right spot, or they might run into a manager who suddenly four weeks into an assignment goes on maternity leave and you're left with somebody else that maybe didn't even hire you. So there's so many things that can go a little bit awry. Having that person, that human connection, that person that has been there and done that, that can help you navigate around some of the things that are there will provide better outcomes, even though the bias is still going to be there. Right. And it's going to take great thinkers and leaders like you to help companies from that direction, helping fix those problems, which by the way, anybody that I know that's in talent acquisition doesn't want anybody not to succeed when they offer them a new job. Right. Absolutely. And one of the things in your background that I find really fascinating and would love to learn more about is your past work on the career woman's journey on the off-ramp and on-ramp. So I think a lot of us feel like we're on an off-ramp right now, sometimes by choice, sometimes not so much. But women, you know, women do tend to leave at some point in the course of their careers, whether it's to care for an aging parent or a child, the arrival of a new child, um, you know, getting that talent back into the working world, back into the workforce is, uh, it sounds like something you've done a lot of work on before. Can you tell us more about navigating that part of the career journey and, and what return ships, as you call them, can do for women in businesses looking to, you know, set their workers up to succeed? Yeah. And that was really the big eye-opener because there was just no way to help people get back in, in a tangible, meaningful, not only upgrade skills, but also deliver a job and an opportunity to then build your skills back. So that's what Retire was founded on. Originally, it was all about companies and women reaching higher, taking this talented pool of women that had taken time off for many reasons, some to have families, some to have elder parent care. We've had many women who have been sick and battling different things and needed to take time off to take care of themselves. So there are many reasons. And I think there's a stat that shows that the millennials are expecting, I think 84% of them are expecting to take career breaks at some point. And now who knows what this is, because it feels like right. I'm working all the time, even though I'm at home, I can't right. go on vacation or anything. But, but the thing is, is that people take time off. And I say a career break shouldn't be a career breaker. Why should it be if you take time off that you're no longer a valuable contributor to our economy and our society? And after you've invested so much in your education, maybe even 10 or 15 years of experience, we have women that have taken time off just two or three years, a little bit longer maturity leave. We have people that have taken off 18 years. They had 
a child that had a learning issue and they needed to take time for that or an elder parent that needed extra care. And it ended up being a longer break. And coming back, it's not just like hook, line and sinker. One day you're not working, another day you are. First of all, you can't get through the applicant tracking systems. And then secondly, when you do, People devalue any time that you've spent outside of a corporation. And then with the technology, where the technology is going so quickly, it really limits people's perspectives on what people can learn. But as we're all learning through this coronavirus, (laughs) we're all learning that we're lifelong learners and we have to move. And so with the right skills, with the right support, with the right community, and training, you can get back. So it sounds like for women who are struggling with this exact problem, who are trying to get back in the career game and are just not getting through the ATS process or the applicant process because they've got time off on their resume, it sounds like you're you're saying skill upgrade, super important, community, super important, and then finding companies that actually believe, right, in, in bringing women back, which can be hard to do. How, how should women evaluate what companies would be more friendly towards women's long-term career growth, especially if they're coming back off of some time off? Right. I think that, you know, you have to look and, you know, companies are beginning to realize that this is an opportunity to get great talent. And so you have to look for those companies that are believing that this is a priority and then setting them up for success. So it's not just about providing the opportunity and giving somebody 10 weeks of a meet some leaders, <laughs> connect with some people and then go. It's really like doing a job, getting functional skills that are marketable that can then be translated into the next step in your career. Right. That's an excellent point. Addie, what made you devote your career to solving these problems for gender inclusion overall? Like what drew you to this specific societal problem to solve? Well, what's really interesting is that I started my first company when I was on maternity leave from a company I was working at. And it was quite a while ago. And it was all about, shouldn't there be flexible opportunity for tech-savvy moms that were looking for something flexible and to keep up their skills? And so I created my first company called Bright Ideas when I was on maternity leave out of a spare bedroom when my first daughter was three months old (laughs) and wrote a business plan. And in in those days, you know, there was no internet and that there needed to be flexibility. And also why couldn't you do something meaningful? And so Bright Ideas was born and it was all about enabling tech savvy moms to sell educational software to schools, parents, and teachers to use to better educate their kids and use technology in the classroom and in their homes. And that enabled mothers to have flexibility and do something meaningful and make some money and have flexibility at the same time as letting their children and, you know, the schools and the communities that they were in the opportunity to leverage that technology in the classroom at a time when there wasn't a lot of support or understanding of how technology could be used. Totally. 
That's awesome. Well, congratulations. I mean, so from Bright Eyes to Beacon Street Girls, tell us about that transition too. What did Beacon Street Girls do? It kind of has mapped my life, right? And what has happened with my my personal life and professional life intertwined, which I think is happening to all of us. But whereas Bright Ideas was all about a flexible opportunity being suddenly a stay-at-home mom, the Beacon Street Girls was all about creating a healthier media brand for girls 9 to 13 who were what I called between toys and boys <laughs> uh, <laughs> that, that were trying to find themselves. They were trying to find their voice. And if you actually do research on confidence, girls lose a lot of their confidence when they're 10 to 11 years old. And so between the ages of eight and 10, they're going to tackle the world. Between the ages of 10 and 12, a lot changes. And so I did a lot of research on that because guess what? I had a nine-year-old and a six-year-old, both girls. And so, um, and the big aha moment was, you know, seeing some images with some girls that were friends of my daughters at the mall on a Friday night in front of Abercrombie and Fitch. And there's a lot of issue around creating a positive brand with positive messages and a roadmap to adolescence. And so the Beacon Street Girls was all about healthier role models through books, a virtual junior high and bags and backpacks and bling. So, <laughs> so I love it. Going from a new mom needing flexible to confidence. And how do you build that confidence? I feel like Aurora is those Beacon Street girls that have grown up that are now in corporations being dropped in by droves, not being provided a roadmap, needing to figure out how do they get from point A to point B in a world that wasn't really set up for the success and supports they need. And then the returnships, which is taking time off, now needing to go back or wanting to go back and not being able to. So I kind of feel like I've spanned a lot of things in my career. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it makes sense though. And it helps provide a little context as to you know, just how much your your businesses have evolved around different pain points for women and girls. So, Addie, this is fantastic. For those listeners who want to learn more about Aurora and reach higher in, in general, where should they go? So it would be great uh, if they go check out reachhire.com slash Aurora and reach higher is with one H. Awesome. Uh, it's all about helping women. And I, again, I'm so honored to be chatting with you, Emily. Uh, yeah, likewise. And as I was mentioning offline or before we recorded, I have to give a special shout out to my two and a half month old now niece, Aurora, who, you know, I'm sure will appreciate the name of your, your tech solutions here for gender equality in the workplace, which I love. Aurora's parents, my brother and my sister-in-law, Jess, are regular listeners of the podcast. So I have to give them a shout out and uh, good branding on your end, Addie. Oh, I love thanks. It. And I love that it's your niece. So Addie, for my millennial listeners in particular who are navigating all kinds of career crossroads these days, what advice do you have for them in terms of how to prepare for any pivots or, or manage their careers as they look ahead in terms of making them work for their lives? Yeah, so great question. I feel like there's so many opportunities that women have to build their careers today. And I have what I call the four A's for advancing your career. 
And I think that you can use these, especially within the coronavirus world we're living in. Yeah. But I think in general, it holds true at any time. So the four A's for advancing your career, number one are be authentic. I feel like the more authentic you are, the more approachable you are, the more people understand where you're coming from, and the more people embrace and appreciate you. So being authentic is what it's all about. And I think that those people that know who they are and know, you know, more about how they're presenting themselves authentically, just, you know, strive and thrive so specifically. Two, it's always important to assess your situation. Always ask lots of questions and understand where opportunities may be lurking around the corner. Nobody is going to knock on your door and sort of say, hey, there are these five things that are out there. Which one do you want? You have to go out and proactively find those opportunities. And sometimes it takes some sleuthing, but listening yes. carefully, reading between the lines, assessing the situation to me is really critical. Three, I feel it's all about being agile, being very flexible and yet realistic. Uh, agile is a hot word now. It's being used a variety of ways. <laughs> it is. Here we are in this world where literally a month and a half ago, the world wasn't working from home. And now the entire world is working from home. In fact, I read recently that nine out of every 10 school children are out of school in the world. In the world, nine out of 10. That's crazy. So be, being agile, being flexible, raising your hand when somebody says, hey, the project you're on isn't working, it's not delivering, and it's not pr a priority anymore. We need you to move to this other project. You may not like that other project. You may not think that's important, or you may not be interested. But now's the time to step up to the plate and say, guess what? This is the world we're living in. The company needs me to do X and Y. Not only, not only am I going to do it, but I'm going to deliver in a big way. And lastly, number four, act, deliver, go and do it. You know, not just, not just listen, not just observe, not just say you're going to do it, but actually deliver and over deliver on the promise. So that is what's going to move women ahead in this coronavirus. So even though you're not, you don't have those water cooler moments in, in person, <laughs> yes, it'll allow you to be visible it looks like you're accommodating, you're of service to your organization, and you're interworking, interacting with coworkers in a way that really helps. Uh, and so I think that's really what that's about. Yes. I love these tips so much because it reminds us of what we can control in a world where my feminist despair can take hold sometimes. And like, there's a lot that we can't control in terms of how others perceive us. But these four A's that you've just outlined are all within our control. If we focus on these elements, if we really think critically about how we can proactively put ourselves out there. It reminds us that we don't have perfect control over how our careers roll out, but we do have some agency in this process. And it's important to remember that and take it. Oh, I like the word agency. I think that guess what? That must be number five. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I love it. Add it to the list. I love it. Well, I do feel like we're facing like this paradigm shift with all working remotely and multitasking and 
we all just have to think differently. And yeah, it's easier said than done, right? Like we also need to give ourselves a break because I feel, I don't know about you, but I feel like every other day I'm like innovative and creative and changing the game. And then every other day I'm depressed and I'm like, this is not going to work. And I don't know how we're going to get through this. And my emotions this past week, especially, I think week four of quarantine is really getting to my, getting to my head. It's just a crazy it's time. Very, I think it's very hard for everyone, which is why we all need to think about, you know, reaching out to our high school friends, our college yeah. friends, coworkers that we haven't talked to in a while that we might see in the hall every once in a while that's are in a different department. And you can do that via, you know, phone yeah. or virtually set up a quick little virtual coffee or totally we've done some happy hours. And I think that virtual happy hours, you still are drinking. <laughs> yep. So they work. We, uh, we did something similar here. We, um, we actually found this amazing service, Cocktail Courier, which has not sponsored this podcast by any means, but they're welcome to, <laughs> which uh, we loved because they they ship out little cocktail in a box recipes with all the fresh ingredients and booze that you need. So all three of my remote workers, um, we all got the same cocktail recipe and got to make it together in real time on Zoom. And it was so delightful. <laughs> Okay, so what's the name of that? What's the name Cocktail of that Cocktail Courier. I'll put them in the link in the show notes because you should oh definitely check God. them out. And what a great, what a great idea. What a great Right? That's, that you give me an idea that maybe I should order little packets for my team yeah, and have them delivered totally. and then we'll do an event. Wouldn't that be so it's fun? It's so fun. We're gonna do watercoloring next. So we're like we're trying to create really fun team building activities to do in isolation. And it's I think I should do a whole other podcast on that, but it's like it's not an easy thing to come up with. When you get it right, it's fun. And I have to say, Cocktail Courier has my vote. So I'll send you those details, Eddie. <laughs> oh, it sounds amazing. This has been great. I am so appreciative of the time we've spent together. Likewise. To learn more about Addie and Reach Hire and Aurora, as well as lots of other details on what we discussed today, head to bossedup.org slash episode 226 for today's show notes. Now, for those women who are looking to level up in their leadership game, by overcoming that broken rung in leadership that we talked about in today's episode. Here at Boss Stop, we are excited to introduce our brand new program called Level Up. Level Up is our new leadership accelerator. And over the course of six months, you'll have the opportunity to work not only with me, but with a variety of incredible leadership development experts, coaches, trainers for monthly interactive skill building training, followed by leadership assignments for you to put those skills into practice, into your day-to-day -day life and work, followed by later on in the month, an accountability call with your cohort members, your peers, to really hear how implementing these new skills into your day-to-day -day life and into your, your work as a leader is really working for you. Now, we've got two different plans available right now. One is what we're calling our emerging leader plan for women who don't currently have direct reports, don't manage a team right now, but are aspiring for more leadership opportunities in their career. And the Emerging Leader Plan includes access to all six 90-minute interactive skill-building trainings that are conducted live, as well as a bunch of other great stuff, including two executive coaching sessions with me. 
For our team leaders, we've got the team leader plan designed for women with current direct reports or who are managing a team right now who really want to hone their management and leadership practice. That includes all the trainings, all the leadership assignments, and the monthly accountability calls as well. So it's really twice the amount of intensive work so that you can follow up with fellow women leaders who are currently managing teams to connect on how implementing these skills is actually going in your day-to-day work. It includes more executive coaching sessions with me. You can learn more about the Level Up program and walk through everything you'll learn at bossedup.org slash level up. Our first cohort launches on June 1st, and both myself and Kirby, our marketing director, are available to hop on the call and just talk through all of your options via a free consultation call. So if that's of interest to you, check out the links in today's show notes. Check out bossedup.org slash level up. We're so excited to launch this program. We already have women joining us. And whether you are currently a leader looking to go deeper in developing your skills or an aspiring leader who wants to get to the next level and isn't sure how to bridge that gap, we are here to support you. And now it's time for this week's Boss Move of the Week. This one comes in from Lisette in the Bossed Up Courage community. She writes, Bosses, I want to share this little bit and hope it inspires someone in the community. Let me tell you, cold emailing works. I had tried this early in the year, just got no leads, got nowhere. But after watching the Bossed Up webinar on job searching amid COVID-19 uncertainty, my fire was reignited as Emily and Becky Bush talked about how it's a must do. Now, as an aside, she's referencing the live online panel we hosted that's on our blog, totally free. I'll link to it in the show notes on our uh, YouTube channel as well for y'all to check out. But I also now have my job searching amid COVID-19 chaos webinars available on demand for seven bucks a piece on the Thinkific platform. And on there, you'll see a webinar that's specifically on effective online networking, which is definitely worth checking out if you're looking to figure out how to employ this strategy to really work for you. All right, back to Lisette. She writes, over the weekend, I applied to a role that had over 200 applications within 48 hours of being posted. Thinking about applying made me feel discouraged and invoked thoughts of my resume getting lost in some ATS black hole. That's application tracking system black hole. And she's right. It probably would. But the role is exactly what I'm looking for. So even if nothing came of it, I knew I had to apply. I ended up applying and then earlier this week deciding to do some cold emailing. As I crafted my email, I felt so brave and bold, but also worried that I might be coming off too strong. Feelings aside, I emailed five people from the company's HR department and heard back from one of them asking to set up an interview for next week. This can totally seem like a crazy or even risky task, but it is, and she writes this in all caps, totally worth the possibilities. And Lisette, I could not agree more. Congratulations. Way to get your foot in the door. Way to be brash. Way to reach out. Way to be proactive. And that is so important for job seekers today. We're rooting for you, and I can't wait to hear how the interview goes. And if you're a job seeker looking for more resources, I want to make sure you saw our brand new downloadable guide, which is totally free at bossedup.org slash job search. It's all about how to get a job in 2020, the ultimate guide to job searching for the modern woman. Check it out. We worked really hard on it for you. Ellie made it really beautiful. Kirby and I wrote it together. We're really proud of it. And uh, 
it's full of a ton of information and it's really laid out in a step-by-step way that's hopefully easy to follow and put to good use in your job search. And if you do end up using it and landing jobs and, you know, making progress on your job search, let us know. We'd love to hear from you. If you have a boss move to share or a career conundrum that you want me to unpack on the podcast next, call it into the Bossed Up Podcast hotline at 910 boss. That's 2677. Or you can always email me a voice memo at info at Until next time, keep bossing in pursuit of your purpose and together we'll lift as we climb. <laughs>